0: Hey, bumper away. Hey, this is Michael O'Neill from the Solopreneur Hour podcast, and you are listening to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith. Listen up. Woo! That was awesome. Thank you. Cool, man. Cool, man. Prepare yourself. Okay, let's go. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Jeff. Jeff. Welcome to another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. Thank you for being here. I am totally stoked to have my guest today. Okay, she is an author of the book, How to Have a Better Love Life, 21 Secrets to Get You Started. She's also the creator of the Big Bold Life and Biz Plan. She is a speaker, a blogger, and a coach. She's a trained cognitive behavioralist, a master's degree in social work. She's also a certified transformational coach, and she specializes in neuro-linguistic programming. She was, she was, is a licensed psychotherapist. She worked at the very prestigious John Hopkins in Baltimore, Maryland. She served at the state capital of Oklahoma as a statistical policy analyst. Analyst. She lobbied politicians to recognize women rights, women's rights and participated in marches in the National Mall in Washington, D.C. She loves hiking, cooking, crafting with her daughter River and hubby John. Her mission is to support women in wanting it all, having it all, unapologetically. She encourages women to stop believing they must sacrifice in order to have all the love, money, and time they deserve. Mary says... Women are powerful creatures. We are designed to do amazing things. Sometimes we just forget. And Mary helps to remind them. Without further ado, my chat on Vroom Vroom Veer with Mary Bicknell of MaryBicknell.com. Hi, Mary Bicknell. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Jeff. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you for being my uh, m- on my new show, Vroom Vroom Be- Veer. Um, why don't you uh, you? and I had a little pre-show chat and uh, you were just about as excited as I was about the new show. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Tell me, uh, tell me your thoughts on the idea of vroom, vroom and veer.
1: You know, it's like, I can really, it, it's such a perfect metaphor for how we go through life, isn't it? We're just like fucking right. on. We're just totally on. That's and then,
0: vroom, vroom. Right.
1: Yeah. And then something catches us. Something, something happens, you know, like a real life moment. And hopefully we stop. We can take our foot off the gas a little bit and then we veer off and figure it figure out why we needed to do that. I love that.
0: I'm saving that. That that's yeah. that's going in the bank.
1: Okay, there you go. Because you just Bam!
0: you just nailed my brand. <laughs> <laughs> All <right. That's> great. <laughs> okay, so let's start off in overview mode and okay. talk about your room vroom slash veer and give us just some themes of of what you some of those universals of your struggles throughout your life
1: so it's really visibility and that of course the opposite of that hiding hiding out squelching my bigness my boldness you know which is my brand being big and bold right and um and just not being all that i really could be i guess really you know like not singing my real song not singing not not Being the person that I'm here to be, whoever that is, and however that changes through my life.
0: That's amazing. Yeah.
1: Hiding out.
0: Yeah. Hiding out. Hiding out. And uh, when you say that, it makes me think of, uh, are you a fan of Deepak Chopra? Of
1: course. uh, Yeah. Yeah. there, There are moments in time that I'm like... In it with him, and then there's there's times that it passes, and then I come back. So yeah, yeah, just, yeah I'm
0: fine. kind of over him at the moment too, but okay. I I, I yeah. went through a big uh, a big deepuck th- phase yeah. that lasted yeah. many many years. Yeah. He's still an amazing guy. um sure. he talked about how you know your bigness, your boldness, right? Is oh yeah. is like desire. So what he said was being bored is basically what did he say he said it's the irritation that you feel because you're not doing your big bold thing yes and you're irritated and that that whole to to stop the flow of your big boldness your desire your heart's mission you yeah. need a counterforce in your life and, and he called that counterforce fear and that mm. kind of goes with your hiding theme, yes. right? Because okay. so, and, and then the, that will sort of like take lots of different forms. So yes. talk a little bit about what you did to hide.
1: Oh, <clears throat> you know, I did a lot of things hiding, but I, you know, the, one of the biggest things I did for years was uh, hiding actually behind a couple of things, liquor and men. That's my story right there.
0: (laughs) Liquor and men, woo! Liquor and
1: men, and um, you know, I could, I could morph behind them, and and I could, I could drink my way into another persona, and maybe the real persona. You know, I, I definitely feel like that is valid. That, that when I would be drinking, I could just be big and bold. And it was like, fuck it. No, who cares? You know, right. I, this is not, your,
0: inhibition, this is, your inhibition is, has been, Yeah,
1: but was, come on out. And so right, there's, right. there's Mary or my alter ego, really Elise, which is my middle name. Um, <laughs> and so I, I would hide behind that. And
0: I have, uh, I had that guy. I've, yeah. I've, been, I've been loud drunk guy.
1: Yeah, I've well, played I'm, that. I'm fun drunk girl. I was, you know, I, I was, wasn't only okay. allowed, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right, right. So talk a little bit about uh, your your struggle with uh, with liquor.
1: Yeah, so it was you know there's plenty of times in my life that I didn't drink. Right. And um, after I divorced my ex husband, you know I had been with him. <laughs> again, hiding, I was young and he was way older. And, um, but so I wasn't drinking at the time. And now that I'm saying this out loud, I'm like, oh shit, that's because I was totally like becoming someone else for him. Just like when I drank, I became someone else. Um, and so after I left him, I, I just started partying. You know, I felt like I had all this time I needed to catch up on. And okay. it was so, really, so like a
0: happy drunk at that point.
1: Yeah, it was mostly, I was mostly happy drunk, but it was more that, um, I felt like I had been missing out of things. And so right. I wanted to experience, you know, going out and gave me some kind of uh, false sense of confidence, if you will. And, and it was really because I, frankly, I was terrified to just stand on my own,
0: you right. know, okay,
1: who would I be if I was married? smithson at the time who would i be it I, I mean i'd never really found myself figured myself out never had really uh, known myself as a single person at all and so that god that was scary because i had no one to rely on no one to hide behind no one to lean on and so since i didn't know that i could lean on myself for years after you know of course when i quit drinking i, I figured that out but um yeah, that was a, that was a totally hiding. Totally hiding because I was afraid that if I was showed up in my big boldness that I would get knocked down. I was just terrified of being the real me. So it was easy to hide behind liquor and then it, I could just blame that part of me. Oh, I was just drinking.
0: Oh, you that know. that wasn't me. I was drunk.
1: <laughs> That's right. i can't believe i said that it was because it was the liquor
0: yeah, it right 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 yeah, yeah. bless her sweetheart uh, she even was though drunk. i
1: think about it i talk like that now so i was like you know i mean clearly maybe i'm wondering now i'm wondering oh my god maybe people think i'm drunk all the time no i'm kidding but um yeah it just it hiding behind alcohol gave me freedom and True. but then of course it was uh It was my own imposed. cell. you know, I talk a lot about being in your box, right? And so I just had that box just slammed shut on myself.
0: Yeah. So what was the moment that for you, where you just knew you and alcohol had to break up forever?
1: Because it was the first time I remember this, like it was and actually, um, it'll be 11 years coming up this year, this year, it's 11 years since I drank, but, um, I remember it literally, like I can literally put myself in that moment in time, but it was the first time I'd ever gotten angry when I had been drinking. And, um, and you know, I, and thank God I never killed anyone or all those kind of things, but I was like really angry and that scared me. Okay. Because I wasn't, I didn't know that person, you know, the crazy drunk person that was like pissed off at the world.
0: Because okay. really,
1: I was so pissed off because I was like not being me.
0: Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. So did you go through an official recovery or did you just quit drinking? I quit. You just I'm quit.
1: Gonna, when I make my mind up, done.
0: Done. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's cool. So we're going to move on to another veer. Okay. So you said that another veer was when you were in a job. Yeah. And you were vrooming. Yeah. And you had an opportunity to take a big promotion. Yes. And then something happened.
1: <laughs> I decided not to take it. I decided to quit.
0: Wow. And
1: it was really, it, you know, the theme again is is hiding. It was the same exact thing. It was like, it would have been easy for me to move up. It was, I was a, you know, I was the trainer. I was the, like the one that was doing the big things. And and, uh, and so it, that would have been easy. But I was hiding out behind that job. I was hiding out behind that position. And right, right. I, I knew that if I took it, that I was just going to be living that lie, you know, and just uh, just missing out on something. That something. So that was so distinctive to make that call and just be like, no, you know, I, I don't want it, the promotion. In fact, I quit. Wow. I'm done. That was big and that and, was scary.
0: Yeah. I mean, to get into that because you kind of quit without a net, right? Yes. Totally. You, you you, you were like, I'm going to veer now and I don't know where this exit goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right.
1: Well, it, it's kind of the thing, you, you know, you're done and you're done. But it yeah. was, um, I had been... It was rooming. time. Oh, yeah. I'd just been like on with that and just like you know that whole idea of room and just going flying through life and with that position and but there was that whisper that whisper right. and um so yeah veering off and, ve- and deciding that come hell or high water like i'm done i am done hiding behind you know i had made the decision before i was done hiding behind men done hiding behind alcohol, done hiding behind a company that would have, you know, I would have been very successful. Maybe, right? Maybe because it was gnawing at me. Mean, but I
0: what's, what's successful? You, you get yeah. to say what successful is. The outwardly looking, yeah, you were making lots of money and there was a prestigious position, right. but you know, was it true to you? That's not my definition so much. of
1: success. Yeah. Right. My my personal definition of success right. and definitely what I work with my clients about is, you know, who are you here to be in this world? And right. what's the song that you're here to sing? And if yeah. you don't sing it, you're freaking gonna regret it. And right. that's the bottom line.
0: What are you it's here not- for? You know, exactly. screw protest. What are you here for? Right.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that was the big thing. Yeah. Jumping without a net. And and, and, and you that. had
0: already, you had no plan other than I'm going to go do my own thing. Yes. But I, I have no clue what that is.
1: No idea how I'm going to do it. Wow. You know, so I'm a, I'm a therapist by background and I thought, eh, you know, I could start a private practice again, but I didn't want to do that. So, but I knew I didn't want to do what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But, and I knew I wanted to stand on my own two feet mm-hmm. and, um, and you were and like, so
0: fuck alcohol, fuck men. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. well, <laughs> well, actually by this time, you know, I'm happily married. So I am happily married. So this was not, this was just a couple of years ago when I just decided oh, yeah. that guy <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Alcohol was years ago. And oh, then the okay. It was even further back. But, cool. um, yeah. So yeah, it was so scary and it was, and and I still I literally I'm in my office right now I remember standing looking out my door in my office it's my guest house and being on the phone and just saying no and not knowing where I was going to go how I was going to do it and then that started the whole like process of discovering this big world of being online and becoming a certified coach and working with women etc and like I didn't even frankly I did not even know this whole thing existed that's how, that's how and I was. That's how like focused I was on my life and the position that I was in. I had no concept of what was to come or what was
0: available. None, zero. Well, now y- you know, even now that your head is in this bucket, right? And you talk to folks like me and other people in the online space. Yes. But still you talk to your typical person on the street and you say, Hey, do you listen to podcasts? They're going to look at you and go, uh, I don't have an iPhone or something like that. Or, I don't know what that is. They, they, they might say that or yeah. you know, no, no, I don't know what that is. <laughs>
1: so what's
0: a, podcast? Wait, yes. what's a podcast you still get that. And, you know, even as pervasive as the online business world is, it's still, there's a lot of people that have absolutely no clue. No idea. No, no idea. idea. Especially folks our age and older. You know, god,
1: isn't that scary? I mean, I think about that. I don't want to be one of these people that are just right. like, you know, I don't even know what a computer is. What are those things you type? Where's yeah. the typewriter? Like, I don't <laughs> want to ever be like that. But then I, th- I look at these, you know, twenty year olds, and I'm like, I don't even know what the hell they're talking about. A little right. bit, I've become one of those people that I'm yeah. like, oh my god, I don't even. What are they talking? Like, what is the newest, greatest thing? I don't know. I I have no idea. And God knows what's going to happen when my daughter who's eight, when she's my age, who knows what it's going to be like.
0: Well, uh, I'm going to take a short detour here because, uh, I had an amazing experience going to massage school about a couple of years ago. And, you know, most of those folks were in their twenties or, you know, just out of high school and they're awesome you know, the big thing to me though, was they skip right over computers. You know, a lot of them have internet in their house, but they don't have a laptop or a PC. They're on their phone. Their phone is their primary internet device. Yes. To me, that's that's just wacky, you know, but I grew up with computers, you know, so uh, that was weird to me. Um, and then I also like you know, the, the demographic goes like this now, 23 and 24 year olds. Dads are as old as me now. <laughs> yeah, well, their mom. and dad, yeah. yeah. So that's fun in its own new way, because if their mom and dad like death leopard and uh, twisted sister, right, well, right. We, we got something to talk about. <laughs>
1: <I> know, <right? laughs> glorious though about being this age, you know. It's like you 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 think about it when you're in your twenties or even in your early thirties or something, and you, and you think forty
0: something. Oh my god! Oh my
1: god! <laughs> so old old. Women, they're so right. they look terrible, and they're not having great sex, and you know they're almost dead. And you know, I thank God, I'm at. Uh, you know, that's it, not that's, that's not
0: true anymore. It used to yeah. be true, and I bought into that. But I'm I'm yeah. uh, somebody named Mary McBicknell saved me. Yay. And I'm back on the road to sexy. Thanks. Woo-hoo. Okay. So let's move on. Um, let's see here. So you gave up the promotion. Yeah. And then you, you veered into your own thing. Yay. And that's working yeah. out. <laughs> Super awesome. Totally so perfect. now this is, this might be a backup, but you also had a major veer about you were rooming along happily, probably drunk, And for the longest time, you you were thoroughly convinced you didn't want to have a kid. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, same kind of thing. It is, I do have this damn theme in my life about hiding. It's like, you know, if you tell
0: the truth. To yourself.
1: Yes. Yes. and, And then, of course, it ripples out to the world about what you want and you don't go for it. To me, that's your ultimate definition of failure. And so it's easier to just lie about it or convince yourself to the contrary about it. And so for the longest time, I didn't want to have, I said, I didn't want to have a child because I thought, Oh my God, you know, uh, how badly am I going to fuck it up?
0: Or who's going
1: to be the dad? And then, you know, what kind of horrible relationship is that going to look like? And, but you know what it really was, is I was terrified to even, because I didn't know whether I was even capable of being madly in love to the level that I thought that a child deserved I didn't know because I'd never ever experienced that before, and wow. ne- I, okay. I never had felt that like from my own parents. So I thought, well, shoot, I'd I never have felt like that from my parents. How would I possibly be able to know how to do that for my own child? So let me just tell everybody, I really don't want a kid. I'm just gonna have a couple cats and a dog, and. Um, and so it was so sad. It was really so sad. And then the, you know, the moments in my life with that, where I, i turned that around and said, you know, no, I really want to, I want a family. You know, I, it was really, you know, it's, so, it's like hot. There, the theme to me, I'm realizing, is it like, is it hiding or is it like deserving? It was like, almost like, do I even deserve to have a child? You know, am I like even capable? Like I went through that for a long Will time. Will I be do a I, good mother? All of that. Right, all of right. that kind of
0: stuff. That's amazing, even though I know it's you kind of went dark there and just got all Heidi. But part of me says good job for thinking about it.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. As
1: far as whether or not I'd screw up my kid if I had one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. I'm a therapist for
0: God's sake. <laughs> I have, I over-analyzed you, over, you overanalyzed it. Exactly. I, have, I have a, a kid story. I'll, I'll share it real quick. Um, so my wife and I, uh, tried for years to have kids. Um, so, and then in 2003 ish, when we moved here from England, when I was in the air force still, we had an opportunity to go down to San Diego to one of the Naval hospitals and they would let you do in vitro. And you only had to pay for the drugs. You didn't have to pay for anything else. So that made it like one third the cost of, for every attempt. Yes. So we started and we did like two or three of the pre-appointments before they actually do the thing. And this is all just the prep work. And one of them was where the doctor goes in and does like the scope to check yes. out the baby canal. Yeah. And during that procedure, my wife... Uh, threw up and nearly passed out. Wow. And the doctor kind of like gave her that honey, <laughs> it, it, you know, if, if you're, if you're going through this now, you better steal your loins for what's coming, <laughs> you know, cause this, this giving a having a kid come out of there is like a whole nother level, you know, or a 10 yeah. other levels. And right. that was like our veer moment. It was like, yeah. it was a wake up call for us to start asking those questions that you had already asked yourself. And it was funny because I googled it. I said, "Should we have a kit?" Whoa! Yeah, and Doctor Phil's site came up, and the and the first answer said, "If you're asking the question, the answer's probably no." No. Yeah. Right, and then yeah. and then he had ten other really good reasons why bad reasons why people have kids, like they yeah. don't want to be lonely when they're old, or they want they want somebody to do yard work, or they want <laughs> mini they want to see what the kid would look they like, want a mini surf, they, to wanna, yeah, they, they farm, want to they right? want to <laughs> slave, <right? laughs> but, and then and then at the very bottom, and it says, not everybody wants to have kids, and that's okay. Yes. And right. then we and then we went out away for a weekend and we said, "Do you really want to have kids?" And I was 60 yes, 40 no, and she was 40 yes, 60 no.
1: There you go.
0: So that's a no. Yeah. Definitely a no. Yeah. <laughs> and we high-fived. That's good. And we were both happy about it, right? Right, right. And and that And so when I hear your story, I always want to recheck in with myself and make sure it still feels true. Thankfully it does. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, all right, let's move on. Um, so how did you move off of that? Having a kid sort of thing? I mean, we talked a little bit about the before, I mean, what was the moment that you actually decided? No, I want to have a kid. How did you get there?
1: Yeah. So I was, um, you know, when I met my husband, John, he, and you know, it was part of the package. It was like, all right, that I've been single for a while. I've been with the asshole guys. And I was like, the next person in my life was going to be the guy that I was going to have a kid with. So you
0: had decided to have a kid.
1: I had decided in my head I was going to allow that to happen. Okay. I was going to allow that to happen. And so that was part of the deal, us getting married. you know, But, you know, I was in my late 30s. And so um, I'll never forget, though, when we had a really serious hiccup where we almost, you know, we all... We almost ended it. We were sitting in the car and we were driving and his ex-wife had turned over custody of his daughter, which was really great at the time in a way. And um, he's like, God, with all this going on, I don't know. Should we have another, should we talk about having a kid? And I thought in that moment, no one is ever going to tell me again how to live my life. Like, you know, I had hidden behind everybody else's decisions about where Mary was going to go for her life. And um, I said, okay, we're done. Divorce. He was like, what? And it became a big thing. But in that moment, it was like I was 120% determined, come hell or high water, I was going to have a child if I had to have it alone or not. And, of course, I didn't know at the time I was pregnant. But it was like such a, a lightning bolt effect that it was just like I. there was a line in the sand that no one was going to, No one was going to tell me how to live a life again. And that was pretty powerful. And so that has, you know, now it's not hiding, you know, now it's about being able to, you know, call the shots. And I think that was part of the catalyst for all these other things that land me where I am today with a successful business, you know, about hiding and just bottom lining and just taking a stand for what you want. I mean, when are you going to do that? When am I going to do that? I constantly say, do I you know, evaluate. And I think that's what life is all about. That's what kind of makes it juicy and good and fun.
0: How many months pregnant were you in that moment?
1: Six weeks pregnant. Six so weeks. I didn't even know. Yeah. Didn't
0: know. Yeah. But your hormones did.
1: Yeah. My hormones did, but I didn't, <laughs> I
0: had no idea. you yeah. didn't consciously know, but you knew. Yeah. So oh. I, I know what I'm going at is, is I'm making up a story that like, you know, part of you knew you were already a mama. Yeah. And a little bit of your lioness was coming out. <laughs> yeah. Right?
1: Probably. Yeah. <laughs> definitely like that. Yeah.
0: This is probably this is definitely a flash forward, so there's going to be some rooming involved. Um so there was a moment um we talked about earlier when you decided how you wanted to be a mom. Yeah. Um, so t- let's talk about the room before it that led up to that moment and then talk about the moment. And then after,
1: so, you know, there had been some sh- Uh, You know, some kind of stresses, you know, we all have stresses in life, but you know, my husband is uh, now a retired Lieutenant Colonel in the Marine Corps. And, um, when he first was deployed to Afghanistan, it was really hard. And our daughter River was two and a half to three and a half. And that's a really, really hard time. How long did
0: he go? He was there
1: for a year,
0: a A year all at once. Wow. And he didn't get to come home at all.
1: He came home, but you know, so what? It's almost, it like, I don't,
0: came home for I don't, like two weeks for in six weeks. months. Right.
1: Two weeks. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that was hard because then you have to that's say worse. again, yeah. it's almost worse. I mean, I right. was almost like, I'm in a flow now. Hello, stranger kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, so anyhow, it, you know, it was, it was really a challenge with, with our daughter, just because that's at that age that it's crazy. And then I moved us back to it through a different state, et cetera, and all this stuff happened. So I was just like in process, in that rooming of like, okay, I'm living my life, I'm doing my thing here, and I'm a mom and I'm single and single, quote quote. And um I got into this way of dealing with her and handling her that I ultimately didn't like, you know, it was just like, it became a pattern and and that vrooming along, just like doing the thing. And so it was three years ago, actually, that, that I had that big veering off that big aha moment. Like this is not how I want to be a parent anymore. I don't want to be impatient. Now, granted, I'm kind of like a really AA personality. So there's parts of me, although I, I kind of am a, a lazy bum too, but there's, (laughs) There's parts of me that like, I want things done a certain way. Well, you know, you have a child and it doesn't always go like that. And to be in that moment, to make that, it's like I, when I'm done, I'm done. And so to make that decision, I'm done interacting with my daughter in a way that doesn't feel good to me and I'm sure it doesn't feel good to her. That's, that's, that's big time. You know, that, those are like those moments that you never forget where you allow yourself to step up and just claim who you really want to be. And, and that doesn't mean that there aren't times that I falter. Of course, I'm a human being, but to know that I have set that as my bar, um, and I think we all need to do that is to really look at where our bar is and make it not so ridiculously high that it's like we're going to fail. So what the fuck? Why even bother? But to have, <laughs> to, have, right. to have a level, to have a bar where we're just like, the, you know, this is the line. You can call it a bar. You can have it a line in the sand. But right. right. Yeah. And so, yes, I know I'm a great mom. Ninety five percent of the time. And, and that five percent of the time. Oh, my God. I'm like, who in the hell are you crazy? Yeah.
0: But that's no, it's good. Um (laughs) You know, I don't I, I don't have a whole lot of um perspective because, you know, not a dad, not a parent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I
0: can talk a little bit about some really super impressive parenting that I saw. It's funny, I didn't know your husband was in the military. Jeez, we have yeah. things in common. I right know
1: we do. <laughs> totally, yeah.
0: So you kind of get the, you know, I was the guy that went on deployment. I think yeah. I had it easier than my when than my wife at home, by the way. Yeah. Um, because we very much get into a routine and groundhog day and vroom through it. Yeah. Where you have to deal with stuff. Right. Um now my deployments way different than a marine i'm sure you know i'm cuz they're probably on like all the time and yeah. you know, shooting and getting shot at and things blowing up sucky to me it was just like going to the office and you know getting through a board day every day you know yeah yeah <laughs> that Completely different than most military folks, I would imagine. I'm sure there's a lot of folks that did the the Groundhog Day thing too. But but anyway, I worked with uh, at the time he was an Air Force major or Lieutenant Colonel, um, and he was like an amazing dude. But the way he parented, and he his kids were little, little, like three, four, five, something like that. He never yelled. But when he got really super quiet, it, that was his version of yelling.
1: Oh, yeah. That sounds like almost scarier, but good, you know, in a good
0: way. <laughs> he, but he was he was doing it in a way that was ultimately very gentle. Yeah. But it was this sort of like this gentle but strict tea, you know, where I was just and his kids would go off. Right. But when he would get him and, you know, grab him and say, look, Russell, you've had too much sugar and, and you're, you know, and part of that's my fault and I'm sorry, but we need you to simmer down now. And, and Russell would go, yes, sir. <laughs> Whoa. Right. Yes, sir. You know, like at that age, you know, and, and he's like, and you know, you've already broken a rule, so you're not going to get dessert tonight. He was like, yes, sir. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah. Those things. I mean, like, I don't know how he did that to me. It was all just voodoo and magic, but, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm sure he had challenges in the teen years, like all parents do.
1: Oh my God. I dread it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How old is river?
1: She's eight, but she is, God, she's like this beautiful blend between John and I. She, she's sneaky. She, she uh, already snuck something to school. And I don't, I don't think that's a good sign. I think, holy shit, if she's doing this at eight, what is she going to be like when she's like 16? Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) She's like me though. She made up her mind. She actually snuck these little um, high heel sandals that I was saving for her. She put them in her backpack. Left for school. I didn't know about it. I decided, hey, I'm gonna take my kid out of school a little early because that's the cool mom that I am and just take her shopping and get some ice cream. Every now and again I just show up like a half hour early. But she was all like freaked out. What are you doing here? What are you doing? I'm like, what? What? And then I saw her she put she had the shoes and I was like, I told you you couldn't wear those. And she's like, but I wanted to. And I was like, oh, you're eight and you're saying I
0: wanted to, and you fucking did it. Part of me says, yay.
1: (laughs) Part of me me says, bad girl. (laughs) Me too. I mean, like those are those moments as a parent, like, oh my God. You You want to
0: celebrate it and you want to, and you want to temper it at the same time. Yes. Oh my God. So So first you have to punish. And then later on you secretly give her a high five. That's what I would do Yeah, Uh, (laughs) because when I I think of my defiant self, um, it, it, I think I was like, um, still in elementary school, whatever, whatever the first age you're eligible to go to Cub Scouts. Oh yeah. My mom said, oh, you know, go to Cub Scouts. It was good for your brother. You'll like it. And I'm like, no. I don't want to go. It seems way too much like work to me. You have to do things in books. There's projects. Yeah, I just right. want to run around and have fun. Yeah. Uh, this is five now or whatever, five or six. And, uh, and she's like, just try it. Uh, and if you don't like it, don't go. And I'm like, okay. So I went in knowing I wasn't, I wasn't staying, <laughs> but I gave her wow. one day. Yeah. yeah. And then, it, uh, so as soon as I get there, I'm wearing my brother's shirt. Uh, uh, you know, I was already prepped. And, um, so I show up, I'm sitting there and then they go, Oh, you're new. So go over there and, and sit with this other guy and he's going to give you your assignments. And I'm, oh, I, so I just politely listen to all this crap that I'm supposed to read and do and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing any of that. I'm not coming back. He's like, what? Yeah, that. I mean, like, <laughs> what? How old are you? You're supposed to be here. Your mom said you had to come. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's
1: that same thing. It's like you want, you want, you know, you want to applaud that. Like you knew what you wanted. But yeah. But as a parent, you're also like,
0: oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm supposed yeah, to yeah. be drawing, drawing lines here. Yes.
1: Yeah, so,
0: so, yeah. so you did decide how you wanted to be a mom. So how did that? how did that work out? I mean, how do you want to be a mom? Do you just want to be, you want to take the high road? Is that, is that basically the gist and you want to be the adult as, as often as possible?
1: So, you know, the, my husband and I talked about this and this goes back to like what we talked about earlier in this conversation is how we define success. And I think that's so critically important for us all to do that. And what our personal definition of success is. And so my personal definition of success is actually not only day to day, you know, reviewing like how I have an interaction with my child and and have I lifted her up and supported her. But, you know, what the bottom line is, is I'm not going to know. And so my husband and I, we've looked at like the, our definition of success is that when our kid is gone out of our house, that she's actually going to want to hang out with us again and do something and call us like, that's when we're going to know we're not going to know, even though it's hard in the moment sometimes. And she's just like, you have an attitude mama, you know, or whatever it it's really, that's my definition of success. So that's how that's my line. And so when I'm interacting with her, I have to remember that line, like, you know, am I supporting what I feel like will be my definition? So
0: that's kind of, I get it. <laughs> It's all about me and my beautiful baby. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So let's veer again. So yeah, this is going to be a little bit, uh, Vroomy and veery. Yeah. So you said that, um, one of your big veers was getting to, getting to know your dad again. Yeah. So that, that there. just sort of like demands a pre-story.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. So my dad, you know, I grew up, so my parents were separated when, or divorced when I was young. So I really didn't see him that much. And, um, I didn't know him. And I, I go through periods of my life growing up as a kid and, and see him sometimes. And then there was a phase where I was like in my teens, like I, I, you know, I want to live with you. And then that didn't work out. And, and, and so he wasn't that person that I could lean on and rely on and didn't really have any adults in my life do, that I could do that at all. And so um, got married to my husband, John. My father was not invited to the wedding. And, you know, I didn't even know if he knew I was married. So when I turned 40, I t- have two half brothers that he had two sons. So I have two half brothers that, you know, again, I'm not close to, but my one brother, Christopher, he's like some genealogy savant. Like you could tell him who you are and he'll be like, do you know, back in the 1820s, your uncle, blah, blah, blah. Long story <laughs> short, he sent me this card and said, I can't believe my sister's 40 and has a kid. <gasps> well, I freaked out because I didn't know he knew. I didn't know anyone in, uh, in your family in Okay, in my family. That's kind of right. crazy. So, um, so boy, that was a line. That was that moment where time stood still. And I realized that I needed to make a phone call and talk to my dad, who I hadn't talked to in more than five years on the phone. So, uh, I had to make a decision, you know, I had to, I, I had been living a great life and, and I had to decide it's, it's my moment to kind of stand up and be responsible. God, i have be responsible and respectful whether or not he and I were close or not, you know? So anyhow, I made the call and I was like, Hey dad, it's me. Mary, like he (laughs) wouldn't know. And, um, and I said, you know, I told him, I said, I'm sorry. I am sorry that you found out that I have a child and I wasn't the one who told you. And to tell you the truth, I, the last time we talked, I'd been drinking and I didn't remember what I said and I'm embarrassed and I was ashamed. And you know what he did? He said, I'm so glad you're happy. You deserve to be happy. Wow. Yeah. Major, major thing that I needed so badly. And so since that time, we've become very close. And, you know, he said to me, you know, um, I'm glad that we have a relationship now after we both became adults. You know, we wow. both
0: love. Yeah, I know. Right. Like, wow.
1: I know. It's so awesome. So he's the kind of man now that I can call. And like when John was deployed and River was little and I'd be like, call him up. Oh, my God. I think I, I yelled at my kid. And he's like, what is it, dear? You know, he's just there and such a strength. And, you know, is so proud of where I, how, you know, what he perceives is how I've turned my life around and everything. And um, so that that was a major moment in my life where I, I was just like, I was, I was just in that rooming stage of just living life. And then I, I veered and it was the best decision to just, um, allow myself to be vulnerable enough to say I was wrong and I'm sorry. And then to be granted forgiveness was really major, was huge major. I can't even explain to you how big it was. Yeah. And he's really cool. That's the thing. It's like funny when you get to know your parent as an adult in a different way. I'm like, oh, my God, you're funny. I get my <laughs> funny from you. You know. I y- mean, you
0: really didn't of- know him. It wasn't no. like you got re-know. Yeah. You didn't really know him at all.
1: No, no. I mean, I, like, he was this guy that I see every now and again and buy me, like, cool electronics when I was a kid. Like, that kind of person. Not anyone that I would call on. Never. Right,
0: right. No, sort no. Of like one emotionally turned. detached, temporary, almost yeah. like a cool uncle. Are
1: you, not even oh. a cool uncle. Like, somebody I, like, I... I didn't know.
0: At all, okay.
1: Yeah. So that was really cool to be able to get to know him. And, and, you know, this is the kind of daddy is. Well, this is the kind of person. He's kind of funky, funny, kind of like me. He's getting ready to get married um, in the fall of of 2015. And he does Revolutionary War um, reenactment kind of stuff.
0: Whoa, uh, that's cool.
1: so here he is almost 70. He and his fiancee are going to get married, have full regalia. Everybody's got to be in costume, including the audience or the, the the attendees of the wedding. And they're so that's the kind of person that he is. So I'm glad that I'm getting to know that person now, you know, because he's kind of cool. That's I mean, that's kind of crazy to get married like that. And you're in your 70s. So you're going to be like he's making, by the way, he's making the outfits he's making river her little 1812s or whatever Re- revolutionary war like costume because he sews. It's kind of crazy. It's crazy in a cool way.
0: So that reminds me of, uh, last year, this time, um, one of my aunts decided to come out to California and she wanted to stay with me. She got into this TV show. Um, it's really old from like the fifties or sixties called combat with a exclamation point, right? Wow. (laughs) Tiny little TV show. I had never heard of it. Um, but she got all into it and got all the videotapes and, and then joined forums like people do now. Right. And it, it was shot here in Los Angeles. So anyway, that was the impetus of her starting to ask other folks in our family to come out to California. Oh, it wow. turned out to be three cousins and two aunts, five women all at once for a weekend in my tiny little house here in California. Hello. Yeah, I know. It was fun though. <laughs> but we had that experience yeah. of, I left home when I was 18 and joined the air force. And then I would go home, you know, a couple times a year, maybe, maybe less, maybe more depending on where right. I live. Yeah. But I never really got to know those people as grownups. Yeah. So that weekend was a lot of fun. I knew one of the aunts pretty well because she was closer to my, my family, but the, um, the two cousins and their mom, they were just like, Jeff's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I didn't know. <laughs> oh, that's, that is good. That yeah, good. yeah. So now, now we. When I go home, you know that bond from that weekend is still there. We oh, still, yeah, yeah. Awesome. It's, that, it is. That's fun. Reconnecting with family is always amazing. Speaking of which, and this one, yeah. this one's going to have a little heat. I can already tell. So this is a veer that you can see coming. Yeah. So yeah, you, yeah. you, uh, you said to me, the question you're seeing coming up to yourself, and you don't know the answer to is when will I forgive my mom? Yeah. That's a toughie.
1: It's so hard. It's so hard. And, you know, I guess, you know, it's here. So I'm in my mid forties or a little tiny bit past mid, but you know, um, (laughs) (laughs) and so when is that moment going to come where I can be that forgiving? When can I be the daughter that I want my own daughter to be? You know what I mean? In that whole, um, definition of success. So I don't, I don't see my mom. It, it's, it, I don't have a relationship with her, and she's only seen my daughter a few times in eight over eight years. So, uh, by my own definition of a successful parent, she's not successful, right? right. But there are comes that point where I know what's coming is I need for myself to move through this process of forgiving her for her just being human and her screwing up and doing whatever she's done. And that doesn't necessarily mean I have to have like this super close relationship, although I long for it. Like, isn't that fascinating? Like as a grown adult, I still long for that relationship. Yes. And I'm fortunate that I regained that and have that with my father. So at least I have that. But to have that connection. And um, so, yes, I see there. there's coming, you know, that that moment where I'll have to or I want to or I'm I'm trying to figure out how to truly forgive and release all of the stuff that I have pent up that, you know, granted you can be like, well, it made you who you are today, Mary. It made you a better parent because you know how not to parent and all that shit. And that all (laughs) sounds really good for a moment. (laughs) Right. But but still it's painful. It's sad. And so I'm still figuring that out. You know, I'm figuring that out. It sounds
0: like to me, I mean, I, I know you said you didn't, you haven't decided you want to sounds like you want to you just haven't figured out how
1: yeah yes that's that's way more accurate i don't know how i haven't that's right i haven't figured that out of course i want to be forgiving i want to be a forgiving person i want to i want to know how to have a relationship that's uh not the pie in the sky relationship that I have that I've held on to for decades. Right. Mm. Um, and to just allow whatever the relationship is with without expectation. And that's, I don't know, where where are you on, where are
0: you on that? On that? where's Where's the heat level inside of you? Because I, when I've successfully forgiven people, uh, nine times out of 10, they don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I, it's not about whether I could say, oh, I forgive you, mom, because she'd be like, for what? I haven't done a goddamn thing. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> no, it's forgiving a person in their heart and your yeah. heart, right? Yeah. For you. Yeah. You're not yeah. doing it for them.
1: Right. No, I, I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... It's, it's, I don't know how to do that necessarily. Right. I guess it's because, like I said, you know, I like That's when I'm done, I'm done. Too. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm done, I'm done. So when I, when I forgive, I'll forgive and I'll be done with yeah. whatever animosity. And uh, for whatever reason I must, I need to analyze. It's a little bit more. I don't know. I'm getting something out of yeah. holding on to that, you know? Yeah. And you so. need to
0: incubate more. Yes. Did, yes. Did, I, have you ever heard that, that the... the you've got to go through sort of like four phases of any creativity project. Have you heard those?
1: Yeah. No, no. Tell me.
0: Um, And I, I saw this on brain pickings, so I didn't make it up and I can't remember the author, but I'll, I'll do the show note thing. I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. So the, the first one is preparation and that's where you just like, you know, use your, uh, use your thinking brain and you just like do research you know, in books for you, it would just be maybe journaling about all the pain associated with your relationship that, you know, you can't let go of. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) So first you process it with your, with that brain and then you just forget about it. That's the incubation, you know? So that could be, you know, like, overnight, or it could be, you know, a year or you just stop thinking about it all together and let your brain, let it percolate. And then during incubation, you're going to have an illumination Mm. and that's the aha. Oh, and then you verify that again with another round of writing down stuff. And then, and then if it, if it rings true to you, then you might be done in a nutshell. So it's like brain sleep 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 aha brain <laughs> right preparation incubation illumination and then verification
1: wow yeah i don't know where i think i i feel like sometimes i go back and forth isn't that but that's that's i guess part of it too it's it's kind of uh
0: well yeah and this is going on it's not this this, this is more like evidence based it's like happening yes. if somebody somebody like observed these things happening and it's happening at like little scales. So like, you're always, whenever you're not doing a thing, like right now, I'm not like reading a book that I've read this morning, but right. part of my brain is incubating. It's
1: working on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I get it.
0: Yeah, yeah. This has been a blast.
1: Super great. I loved it. I love, we should, we should talk all the time. Let's just talk all the time. <laughs> you can be in
0: my mastermind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
0: And you'll uh, we'll listen to Death Leopard. Do you like Death Leopard? Were they, were they I part do. of you? Yeah.
1: Oh, well, of course. All that like heavy metal, like head rocker stuff. You know, I told, you know, I love working out to 80s music. I mean, right, that's, right. Like, that's 80, why, that's why, that's why I'm heavy... like heavy metal. It's kind of crazy, but I dig it. But you know, but then I could, I try not to get all caught up in thinking, Oh my God. I, um, I listened to this, you know, when it really was coming out. Did I tell you this story and (laughs) real quick. So it was like a year ago we were in, and I wish I could remember the name of what's that white rabbit song. There's a white rabbit song, but we were, it's the,
0: uh, I know it's the one you're talking about the Alice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who is that? Who is it? Yeah.
0: Grace slick. Grace slick is the singer. Yes. Jefferson airplane.
1: So my husband and I were in, um, it was Halloween and we were in some store and there was like some teenage kid behind the counter. And so overhead, the music came on and the chorus came on and we both look at each other and we're like, and we start just totally jamming out. And this little teeny bopper kid was like, Oh my God, do you know that song? And it was a remix. And we we're like, we know that song from when it really originally was around. And she's like, I didn't even know it was a remix. And I thought, oh, my God, this is the definition of being old. This is like, I'm old now. I'm officially old. This is worse than ma'am. You know? <laughs> this is worse than
0: ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, great. That That's great. No, uh, I went every once in a while, I go back and, uh, and look for Death Leopard on YouTube. And right. I think everybody our age should do this if you're a fan of way back Death leopard yeah there's a there's a live concert from Sheffield, England when they were still in their heyday, so hysteria hadn't come yet, and they're live on stage in England, and they're young and you know sexy. <laughs> <laughs> amazing hour and a half for me you know just listening to all that song all that right. music from my childhood yeah. live and then flash forward they did this TV show it was on like uh, the country music channel I think
1: it and, sounds all wrong what are they right, doing on they air, did a
0: crossover you? with Taylor Swift of all people oh wow crazy it, it was cray cray if that's still a yeah. word <laughs> but I wow. loved it Yeah. Because it was like, she was a fan. She was kind of like one of those could be our kid age and her her parents. I know it's okay. (laughs) okay. Yeah. I've embraced it. It's all right. Right. (laughs) It's okay. We're our age and that's all right. (laughs) Embrace it and have fun with it. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, she was a fan of death leopard. So she was helping them sing their songs and vice versa. Wow. Crazy. That was so fun. I'll have to look that up. That yeah. Time. Yeah. You're going to have to check totally that out on YouTube. Right. So this has been great. Um, let's do it again.
1: Yeah. Love it. Love it. Thank you.
0: All right. I'll you like have, so- you have an awesome day and uh, I'll send some heat up North, you know? Yes. <laughs> <some> <laughs> All right. All right. Take it easy. Talk to you next time. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple dot com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.